Hi again, everyone. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I am Tim, along with Anthony, as we record over the phone here today to bring you today's podcast, episode 102 of the Sports Podcast here on Radio MVP. And uh, with uh, no more ado, let's bring in Anthony. How do you do, my friend? Good. It's nice to be uh, nice to be recording and having some sense of normalcy during this uncertain time. But uh, you know. We're trying to do our part to socially distance ourselves, but also uh, have a little fun in the sports world to uh, maybe give people an hour of distraction from this uh, unsettling time we are in right now. Yeah, I mean, we're all going through different things, and uh, obviously our thoughts and uh, best wishes goes out to everyone who's listening, and uh, we appreciate you tuning in. You know, I, I would love to say, oh, there's a thousand things going on in the world of sports, and we got just you know a few minutes to talk about it. But mm-hmm. there's not a lot going on. Obviously, a lot of planning going on, and a lot of different things have been mentioned. Obviously, uh, those who may have not heard, the NCAA have uh, made a rule that all seniors in spring sports will have an extra year of eligibility because the spring sports have been canceled so they can return next year to their respective uh, school and uh, participate in that sport. And the good news is no senior will count against any team at cap, meaning numbers of players on that team. Yeah, that's, uh, that's obviously great news for the uh, spring sports participants. And uh, luckily it's good news for, uh, YSU baseball, especially they were off to a nice start, uh, beating Houston um, and some other series wins. There, uh, they beat Pittsburgh, I believe, and uh, so they were off to a very good start, uh, considering it's it's on the road for what the first thirty games of the year, Tim. Yeah, um, I believe they were seven and seven too. So they were yeah, just and, getting ready to, like you mentioned. You know, mm-hmm. turn into April where they would have some home games, and uh, you know that's not uncommon for a small school and for a northern school to be on the road to begin the back, no. the baseball season. So that's not uncommon. That's how they can get those games in. They go south to play those games, or they go out west, uh, depending on where the uh, where the games are located and what type of tournaments are available and uh, matchups that you know can be made. So uh, mm-hmm. not a big surprise, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously a disappointment for all involved to have such a short season. And and as you mentioned, uh, the Penguins were off to a very good start. I believe I heard they were seven and seven uh, when the season was uh, discontinued. Yeah, it's, you saw some signs of the younger guys um, starting to be more confident in the program, starting to uh, find their footing, and uh, the upperclassmen who'll be back next year leading in the way that uh, Coach Berlini wanted. So uh, uh, the future is bright for YSU Athletics. I think, you know, I, I think all sports uh, will benefit from uh, this uncertain time, and I uh, will find positives around this. Obviously, a lot of uncertain times, as you mentioned, and the great effects from all this going on for uh, the college athletics Mm-hmm. is the budgets are going to be hugely impacted. Uh, those, uh, especially the top schools in the top five conferences that are, we're looking forward to the NCAA tournament money, money that's brought in during the football spring tr- uh, training type uh, games and 
a lot of that is donations and stuff like that, but it's also a chance to sell apparel and other things that bring in money for these schools. You know, a lot of these schools, including Youngstown State and Ohio State or Penn State, you name the school, they're going to have to make budget changes going mm-hmm. into uh, the next season. And, you know, I was reading on uh, The Athletic this week where some schools have already had some of the top uh, coaches and uh, personnel who, uh, you know, make the bigger money uh, already donate 10% of their salary back to the schools yeah. where they can, you know, continue to have a, a more manageable budget. And I imagine uh, you're going to hear more and more of that going forward, uh, especially, uh, you know, with football season, hopefully not too far away. And uh, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when it comes time. Uh, obviously, it's it's only April here, so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves, but in the same vein, keep an open mind of what we're dealing with. Yeah, exactly. And I think, uh, you know, Tim, you touched on the budget cuts going around the end of the land as member institutions. Uh, you got to think, you know, it, it'll it affect everyone, um, but schools like Ohio State, Texas, Notre Dame, Michigan, Alabama, Clemson, uh, those schools will be able to recover sooner rather than later because they bring in so much money, and uh, so it won't take much time for them. But schools like Youngstown State here, Tim, it would not surprise me if, when if uh, in 2021 YSU goes out and plays two money games just to get money coming in. You know, I think you're going to start seeing that where. Uh, teams are playing more money games um, just to recoup some of that money. Like the basketball program played West Virginia and Louisville this past year. They might play two or three more uh, money games just to get uh, the financial burden eased a little bit. Uh, yeah, I believe you're correct. You're going to see more and more of the smaller uh, schools take advantage of that opportunity to uh get more guarantees mm-hmm. and to help uh, mitigate some of the the financial burden that's going to be put on them in the next year. And it's it's going to be an interesting time and ride for all these schools. And, you know, um, I was reading in that article from The Athletic mm-hmm. where they were talking about in 2008-9 when we had the economic turndown from, from the banks, a scenario where, like, Iowa State, I believe it was Iowa State, uh, did away with their bat- baseball program because yes. you know, of the financial needs. And it'll be interesting to see what type of impacts this may have going forward because some of these schools are going to have to make some big choices uh, on on some of these non-revenue sports. And it, it will be impactful for both uh, genders, I think. And it's going to be... You know, this is kind of uncertain times. The uh, longer this goes on, the more uh, sacrifices are going to be looked to um, from these universities. And it's not going to be easy for anyone, especially the players involved, and especially for the coaching and, and the families that are all involved. And, and of course, uh, more importantly, just the schooling itself. You know, Tim, you talked about Iowa State cutting back programs, and it's happened to my alma mater, too. I. I'm not sure I touched on this a couple podcasts ago or not, but Holy Cross made the conference tournament championship game in baseball. Actually, a series pretty cool. Where you play best two out of three for the uh, CCAC baseball tournament championship, and they 
won game one, uh, lost games two and three, but the next year they were done because of financial cuts. Bob Frazel also had a cut in awesome sports, which has been there for years. So it's Sam, I think you're going to start seeing this, unfortunately, across the country where the mid-majors are going to cut some of those Olympic sports. Um, and the schools that are don't generate enough money are going to see some programs cut. I listened to an interview a couple of days ago where Jim Beheim said Syracuse barely breaks even. And the only reason why they break even is because of the basketball program. And he said if the basketball program was any, not not worse, but not as competitive as they are, uh, they'd be struggling. You bring up a great you know, point, just goes not, to to interrupt, yeah. not to interrupt you there, uh, Anthony, I apologize for that, but bring up a great point and a great institution to talk about in Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, Syracuse themselves look at the University of Pittsburgh and all oh, that used to be part of the Big East mm-hmm. because of what happened and it turned down in, in 2008 and 2009. Mm-hmm. We, they all got swallowed up by the ACC to yep. survive. And, you know, we may see more contraction like that uh, where you may see more mergers or something with these conferences that may be overstretching it. We don't know yet, but it's a possibility. It could happen. I'm not, I was supposed to put it this way. I don't want to put the cart before the horse too soon. Uh, but I do believe there's, like I said, sacrifices are going to come and major decisions will be uh, made going forward because uh, this is not going to be easy on any of these, uh, this, these schools, in their athletic programs and, you know, and the big budgets that it takes to be a, uh, a top five conference type school. Yeah, exactly. This is, um, you know, the financial impact is going to hit us uh, harder um, than this virus, unfortunately. And it's going to be a couple years, you know, so hopefully when we get sports back, it can be that couple hours of distraction uh, that we all need. You know, you take it for granted there for a bit, Tim. They're every Friday night or every Saturday as you go to a stadium, and you know, either w- whether your team wins or loses or you're covering a game that's a blowout and you're looking for stuff to talk about or a thrilling game, you just you kind of take it for granted. And when sports does return, hopefully it can be that, that, that needed distraction and that positive story that we all need. There's no question. I think we all look forward to that possibility. Uh, Major League Baseball made some news uh, the last uh, 24 hours mm-hmm. uh, talking about basically the suspended players from the Astros and the uh, GM and uh, manager are both uh, out of baseball at the moment. If there's no baseball played this season, their suspension is lifted. They will not continue the next year because, quote-unquote, that the suspension was through the 2020 season. And yeah. if there is no 2020 season, they will be eligible to return to baseball in 2021. I understand the thought process. I'm not sure I agree with it. I understand how it was written. And if you go by how it was written, they are correct. And the negotiation with the players on and that on that level, uh, the players, if they play or not play, they will assume uh, – rights of the full year. So, uh, you know, for example, if the, if the Indians don't play in 2020, uh, we lose a full year of Francisco Lindor. He 
Yeah. We'll be one year away from free agency. He still won't be two years like he is right now in April of 2020. Tim, that's, uh, I was actually talking about that yesterday with someone at work that, you know, they were asking, does this count as a service? And I said, unfortunately, yes, it does. Even though uh, if baseball is not played or if they shorten season, um, this counts as a full service year. I, I said, you know, it's really hard to think. But we might have seen Francisco Lindor's last at bat as a Cleveland Indian. If you think about yeah. it, if if there's no baseball this year, uh, I'd be shocked if the Indians uh, take Francisco Lindor with them into the 2021 season in his contract year. Yeah, that would be a, quite a unique scenario uh, if that does come about and there is that plausibility. Mm-hmm. I know uh, baseball still has a mid-May date to resume and then hopefully start around June 1st. I've also heard rumors that they're thought of possibly not starting to July 4th. Uh, we'll see exactly how this all winds down. I'm going to be honest. Um, I said this in the last podcast. I'll say it again. I don't expect a quick resolution to all this that we're dealing with with the coronavirus. I think this is going to take longer than most people expect. I think it's going to be more painful than we ever expected on a personal and a professional and a sporting life. Uh, I hope I'm 100% wrong on all that. Uh, nothing would make me happier to come back on this podcast and say, boy, did I blow that. That would make me thrilled beyond belief. But I am I trying to be realistic in the new world that we're living in under the moments that we are here on, January, or excuse me, on April uh, 2nd. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have to be mindful of what possibilities there are. And it's not going to be just, in my opinion, a flick of switch, and this will be over in two weeks or four weeks. Uh, this is going to take some time. And as a sports fan who actually has had such a fun run mm-hmm. uh, with the Liverpool uh, Football Club this year, and to watch them play and you know, brag that they couldn't lose for so long and then have the season pulled out from underneath them is uh, heartbreaking. And who knows? Uh, they have not canceled the, the Premier League yet, but that, I think, is still on the table. We don't know. Uh, we'll know more as time goes by. Uh, I Like I tell everybody here, especially if you're a sports fan, watch what happens in Europe in the next two to four weeks. It's going to give us an idea of what will happen here because mm-hmm. we are about two to four weeks behind the schedule that they are on with dealing with the coronavirus and dealing with the economics and the sporting life of of a sports fan and sports leagues. So we're going to kind of get a, a preview of what's going to happen uh, by watching what happens in Europe. Even if you're not a a soccer fan or a rugby fan or uh, whatever other sports that may be playing in that t- part of the world, I do believe some of the action that happens over there, we can anticipate it happening here. So if mm-hmm. they start on June 1st, and restart some of those leaks, it will be, you know, something that we can definitely move forward and say maybe July, you know, maybe mid-June. But if you start seeing cancellations and going forward uncertainty, 
then I expect that uncertainty to continue here. And as each month goes by, be prepared for interruption or a delay or a possible, God forbid, cancellation of the football season. That's my thought process. Let's just see what happens one step at a time. But as this goes on and what happens with Major League Baseball and the NHL and the NBA will determine what goes forward. The NFL has one thing going for themselves. It's a fall league. Mm-hmm. It's a fall winter league, so it has time between now and the start of the season. But everything that affects it goes forward. And the right now, you know, we'll know if the football season can go forward if baseball can have fans attend a game again. And that's what we'll know for sure. I'm not big in the NBA or NHL, but I think it's I think we're probably a week to a week and a half out of them just saying, you know what, we're done. I think the NBA is gonna be the last league to cancel because they are so stubborn. You know, well, there's a lot about, of money involved on both of those. So No, there's tons of money. There's um you know, I just don't know how willing uh people are to playing in front of no fans. Well Ron James said he will not play if there's no fans. I've heard reports yeah, well, of, of was, just you know, isolating James, one area. Let me stop you for one second here. LeBron James is in a different league than, let's say, any other member of the NBA uh, on a 12-man team that he plays for the Lakers, okay, for the 16 team, because LeBron James makes more money off the court than he does on the court. So the 12th player on the Lakers is more more economically dependent on what happens. You know, so yeah. if the league can restart, I'm sure that player wants to play. Uh, even if it was on an empty uh, stadium or, or gymnasium or whatever you want to say, uh, arena. I guess it was just not put too much in front of it, but I understand his thought process being the superstar that he is. But I don't think in the end uh, he would not show up and not play. No. No, he'll be there. He'll be the first one at the arena. That's just the kind of competitor he is. But Yeah, that's um, just my gut. No, let's just let's hope that uh, – I think we're going to have football this year. Uh, do I think it's going to be the entire season from the start? No. Uh, I think we could have an abbreviated season, uh, push back a couple weeks. Um, don't think it would hurt college or the NFL. You said the NFL is a year-round uh, fall league uh, to begin with. College, I think this could be a step in you start by late September and you play into December. So what if you miss a week or two of bowls? And you might get some better games and more competitive crisp games uh, without the long extended layoffs. Like you said, we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. We can be mindful of it and and go forward, but... I'll wait and see what happens. Uh, I'm not, like I said, I'm I'm concerned. Uh, as someone who covers high school sports, someone who covers college games, continue to say I'm just I I'm mindful of what's going on. I I want to be fair about it, but I definitely believe uh, we should be concerned. And uh, you know, the NFL is going to hold its drafts at the end of this month. I think the 23rd, 24th, and 25th. Mm-hmm. As of today, I don't know how they do it. This definitely would not be a, a gathering. That would not happen. No, no, that can't. No, happen. I think it's just. 
No, I think it's just going to be like a virtual conference room. One or two it people in the conference be. room. It absolutely has to be because nothing's changed and nothing's going to change in the next three weeks. Matter of fact, uh, most of the regulations that are put in place will, will last through the, the month of April. So it'll be a great distraction for everybody, but mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and see how the NFL handles it. Uh, this could be uh, one of the great sports success of a, uh, or it could be a huge failure. I don't know if there's any in between. So we'll just have to wait and see. I love the idea of it going on because it's a great distraction, and I think everybody gets excited about it. And uh, obviously the potential trades and the potential moves and up and down a draft and who gets selected and who goes where is, is, is great intrigue, and it is each and every season. So um, I think it could be a wonderful distraction, but, boy, if this virus continues to take hold like it is and the numbers keep going up like they are, I don't know if anybody's going to care about the NFL draft. Uh, no, I don't. I think it could be a good four- to six-day reprieve uh, for some people and something else to talk about, something else to write about. I think in the grand scheme of things, it will be met with some optimism because that's how it always is around the NFL draft, but also be tempered a little bit. It, would be, it won't be the normal excitement and enthusiasm uh, that you've come to expect around the NFL draft. No question about it. All right, let's have some fun, Anthony. Uh, I know you had a story you wanted to tell towards the end of the last podcast. And I said, yes. Why don't you hang on to it and, and tell it now? Yeah. So uh, go ahead and give us uh, that story here real quick. Well, we are talking, you know, we are in the uh, football mood right now. As, uh, you and I cover high school football. We're big college fans, big NFL fans. Well, uh, we all know that, you know, about 15 years ago, it's hard to believe, uh, 15 years ago, uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State met out in Tempe for the Fiesta Bowl, which said, which for almost five years there, Tim, had become Ohio State's uh, second home. It seemed like every year, every other year, they were going out there to play. Um, but uh, one year, uh, those two met up, uh, Trestle and the Buckeyes and uh, first-year coach Charlie Weiss and Notre Dame. Many people know that I have been a Notre Dame fan my entire life. I grew, that's, that's where my family grew up on Saturdays in the fall. Uh, we have scheduled family weddings around Notre Dame games. Do not get married when Notre Dame plays. And what many people don't know is I did not care that Notre Dame lost that game because I have never rooted against Jim Trestle, and I will never root against Jim Trestle. So when that, when that matchup was then, people are like, oh, you know, he can root for, he can root for, he can root for. I didn't care. I did not care because I could never, in my heart, root against root against the Jim Trestle team to lose. I could not do it. I I just could not do it. And even when they played YSU, I knew YSU was going to lose. I just wanted no injuries. And unfortunately, the Beanie Wells injury kind of uh, hampered them in the next game against uh, USC. But many people think I would just want Notre Dame to beat Ohio State Valley, but no, I, I could not root against the Jim Trestle team to lose. And I have never done that. I never will do that. He could go coach tomorrow to uh, the Cleveland Browns team, and I'd be the Cleveland—I'd be the biggest Cleveland Browns fan there was. I understand. Yeah, no, 
Uh, I'll even uh, add to your story a little bit. Awesome. Not that we knew each other then. Yeah. But I always had uh, that dream as a YSU fan that YSU would, would someday go down to the shoe and play mm-hmm. Ohio State. Now, go back to the Jim Trestle era at Youngstown yeah. State. Uh, during the streak where they were undefeated in 94, mm-hmm. yeah. they were getting votes each week on the top 25 at the yes, they were. level. Now, they were never cracking the 25. They were top 40-ish type team. Yeah. However, they were getting votes. Now, that might have been a local uh, vote. It could have been someone through the state. I really don't know Yeah. You know who, who was doing the voting back then or who was voting for Youngstown State or putting them in their top 40 type uh, list, but they were getting votes. And that off season is, uh, there was talk of a Youngstown State, Ohio State matchup. And it being them really, really like a, a possibility it could happen. Yeah. And this is when John Cooper was, of course, still coach at, Ohio State, and there was a lot of talk. Oh, this can't happen. Da da da. They'll never play Youngstown State. And it came down to where they needed the game, and mm-hmm. it came basically down to Bowling Green and Youngstown State, and they went with Bowling Green because at the time there was a rule in the NCAs where if you played a Division One AA school, it would not count towards your number one victory as your record. Yeah, in your in your as your victories to qualify for bowl games. So that obviously turned the page towards, uh, I believe it was Bowling Green at the time. Mm-hmm. And it might have been Toledo, but it was one of the max schools. And the uh, Youngstown State didn't play them. Well, fast forward to when Jim Trust became the head coach at Ohio State. And, of course, he and uh, through Youngstown State and through – the athletic department of Ohio State and, and the rules had changed and we're able to get those back to back years down at Columbus. Well being the football fan that I was, mm-hmm. I always made that determination way back, gosh, forever, that if they ever played, I will be at the shoe. Yeah. Uh, and sure enough, um a friend of mine, my best friend and I lived down in Columbus at the time and uh he and I and uh, a few of his friends from work and that were able to uh, secure tickets for that game. And uh, we were all parts of different parts of the uh, stadium. He was with his family and, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, one, and then I was uh, with uh, uh, one of his friends and up on in the uh, in the upper deck of the uh, the bowl. Yeah, uh, probably, almost truthfully around the forty fifty yard line. <laughs> Great seats. That's not bad at all. Game. No, no. I mean, I could see both sides, and it was it was a phenomenal uh, view. And of course, as you know, uh, Youngstown State only scored three points in that game. Yep. And uh, but that really wasn't the the point of being there. It was just to see the red and white run out onto that field uh, to take mm-hmm. on the scarlet and gray, and it was uh, a phenomenal moment. Uh, there's no question about that. And uh, I remember it distinctly. Uh, there was the pass that was dropped in the end zone for the uh, touch. Actually, it's just a little overthrown. And mm-hmm. I just uh, I almost fell out of my seat, and my friend who was sitting next to me uh, started laughing. I said, oh, I was so close. I wanted that touchdown so bad just for uh, <laughs> Youngstown to get it on. Get on the scoreboard and, 
and have that chance. And the game was over. It was like 30, I think, 34, 37 and three yeah. at the time. But, uh, oh, it was a, a glorious moment that almost lived uh, forever as a uh, young South State fan because they, of course, faced the next year and got shut out. So they never did yeah. actually get on the scoreboard against uh, Ohio State. Now, if you flash back to the 90s when there was the Trestles team, uh, there was no doubt in many of my friends and uh, beliefs that if Yuck South State had that opportunity, they could have been competitive against that Yuck Ohio State team back then. Not saying they would win, but I think it would be a lot more competitive game than it was when Trestle led uh, Ohio State on the field against uh, the Penguins. You know, Tim, that's funny you mentioned that uh, that 93-94 years there because uh, Cameron Smith had a radio show here in the Valley oh, a couple years ago, and he was talking about that. And He said if they if they played, YSU would have absolutely been competitive, and he felt, as he should have felt, being the star player of the team, that they would have beat Ohio State in the shoe. He said, um, you know, they all wanted that game. They wanted that game badly. They wanted that game to prove that who we are on a national level. And he said that uh, there was no doubt in his mind that that game would have been a lot closer and even a win for YSU, uh, more so than people uh, would have given YSU credit for. I agree. Uh, that was a loaded team. That was maybe the those four years of uh, of the Trestle era there yes. in the uh, mid early to mid-90s was just uh, truly one of the most loaded football teams um, that we've seen and uh, and will always live in uh, memories of those who have seen it and those who relive it as uh, the years have gone by. But it is they been always a, made a knack. They always made a knack of uh, winning games that should not have won. That's, yeah. You know whether it be uh, one double A games, beating Kent State, beating Akron. They always they always won games that you would look at and be like, yeah. Man, these guys shouldn't win this game, and they did. And Trestle kept doing that at Ohio State too, uh, most notably beating the uh, loaded Miami team. Uh, that's just yeah. Um, you you want to hear a funny story, Tim? Yeah, yeah. Go I'm right talking ahead. about games that should have happened. I was boarding my connecting flight to go down to Frisco, the uh, championship game a couple years ago, and. My cousin and I are sitting there. My cousin has a Youngstown State alumni pin on his bag. I have my uh, Pete the Penguin pin that uh, my grandfather gave me on my bag. Um, and, and then the guy says, oh, nice pin. You guys are going out of the game. We said, yes, we are. My cousin said, I'm an alum. I said, I, I interned there. I had season tickets you know, for years. And he said, this was 2016, he said, that there was talks and a deal in place, a handshake agreement, that Nebraska and YSU were going to play in 17 and 18, 17 in Lincoln, 18 at YSU. Um, the the deal was in place. They had it all worked out. Um, but because of the Big Ten's agreement to no longer play FCS schools in the playoff era, YSU was left to go play Pitt. 
And that's how they got Pitt at the last moment in 2017. And rightfully should have beat Pitt. They took Pitt to overtime. Uh, right. So instead of playing Pitt in 2017, we could have been going to Lincoln, Nebraska to play Nebraska in a matchup of Polini's current team and former team. And <laughs> I asked, and I asked how legitimate is that rumor? Because you always hear these rumors of, oh, why is she looking to play this team or this team's looking to play this team or hey, you know? And he pulled out his phone. And he showed me a letter. Uh, from the YSU Board of Trustees that had the agreement all in place. And there it was. And I said, holy, S-H-I-T. I said, holy shit. You know, like, wow. Um, and we all know that did not come to pass because of the Big Ten's uh, agreement to stop playing the FCS games. And YSU had to go find uh, Pitt and then the next year, uh, West Virginia, at the last minute. Yeah, you never know what would have happened. Uh, it would no. be really interesting if that was true on this level, uh, if there was actually a return date to Youngstown yeah. for a school that size. That would that be right. not – yeah, that that would be shocking in my eyes. Uh, not saying it couldn't happen. I, you just would never expect a school like – a Big Ten school to travel to Youngstown State to play a home game. Uh, now – if it was in Cleveland, for example, and you could fill the uh, the stadium, you know, First Energy Stadium, then I could see it because Ohio State has played quote unquote road games at in yep. Cleveland in the past, uh, and they obviously were technically road games and basically home games for the Buckeyes, uh, so. These things can happen. I just I would be shocked, and who knows? You never know what uh, crazy things can happen in the world of sports. But it would have been an amazing scenario, no matter what. Yeah, I heard rumors that uh, Youngstown and Nebraska had agreements to play each other back then. But well, uh, yeah, obviously, you know things happen for a reason, and uh, in the end, uh, we ended up with uh, Bo Pelini here. So we had five great years of uh, Bo Pelini. At, uh, we got back to, uh, as you mentioned, to a championship game. So we move forward, and, uh, you know, we look forward to the football season this year. There's no question about it. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it was kind of good. It would have been really cool to see that matchup because, you know, we've seen the Pitts, uh, the West Virginias, uh, Michigan State a couple years. I went to the Penn State game at a Beaver Stadium where it was 0-0, late into the second quarter, and people around me were like, who the hell is Youngstown State, and what the hell are they doing on the same field as them? Right. And that was a Penn State team that went into the shoot and beat Ohio State that year. So it wasn't a, you know, a down Penn State team. Um, right. And, they, and Penn State did not um, start pulling away until Youngstown product Daryl Clark, who went to Ursuline, uh, was inserted into the game, and that's when Penn State all the way took over and won. Uh, but deep in the second quarter, uh, you had uh, uh, the whiteout crowd. That was a whiteout, a rare day game whiteout crowd at Penn State. Very nervous there for a little bit. That yeah, was a home so, opener, I believe. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I think it was a season opener, actually, for uh, Penn State. Uh, it was the second week of the year for YSU. I know that. I think right, YSU but I believe it was a home Thursday. opener. I know it was yeah. a home opener for Penn State. It might have been even yeah. a season opener for them. 
Uh, yeah. There's no question about that. Uh, looking back, but yeah, uh, great memories of uh, YSU stories. There's no question about it. Seeing uh, YSU uh, play at Ohio Stadium was a uh, kind of a dream come true, and uh, hopefully uh, they played there twice. It won't be the last, and uh, we, you know we'll have more stories to talk about it here in the future, Anthony. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully, uh, hopefully our game against uh, Little Brother from Stark County uh, will go on a schedule this year, um, and we can beat them up again as they have decided to nicely put us back on their schedule after years of ducking. Uh, people know that I won't name that school by name, and I don't have very warm feelings towards that school. So, it used to be a big rivalry game. And yep. it's nice to have it back. If and uh, God, I hope. Let's so. right now. Let's just hope it plays and, and not get too far ahead of ourselves. But yeah, uh, I don't want to get back onto that subject. Uh, Anthony, let's wrap this up. Uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week with uh, another uh, podcast. Obviously, we'll update what's going on in the world of sports and uh, hopefully tell a couple more stories here as uh, we continue here on Radio MVP. So for Anthony, yeah, I, I am Tim. We will talk to you next week right here on Radio MVP.